0: On this episode, Chris and I are talking with Elizabeth Green, the founder of Jungler and we talk all things Amazon advertising and there's just some great tactics and strategies that we talk about on this episode, Chris. Yeah, we barely scratched the surface. We just started
1: talking about sponsored product ads. We got a little bit of sponsor brain in there maybe yeah. a little bit of display, but we didn't even get down to, <laughs> to the nitty gritty on those but she has a lot of good information. We're gonna have to have her back on.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And we'll yeah, we'll definitely have her back on But. Just to dive in, just we, we just really talk about different strategies, different tactics for different areas uh, of, of where you are in your business and just great, the, some of the tips that she lays out. So let's go ahead and dive into the interview with Elizabeth. hello everyone and welcome to episode 95 of two amazon sellers and a microphone brought to you by solozo today chris and i are very excited we have elizabeth green from jungler on with us elizabeth how are you doing
2: i'm doing good i'm doing good 95 that's a lot that's a lot i
0: know yeah. right <laughs> we never yeah. thought we would get there we did we had a we struggled to get one but once we did and you start going it just uh it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, 95, it's hard to believe we didn't start that long ago, but I'll tell you what's been a blast is talking to people all over the Amazon space like you. It's just, it's really fun. It's been good for Chris and I personally with our own businesses and just, it's, it's fun to, to talk to people and see what's going on. So we are pumped to talk to you. We'll talk all about Amazon advertising, some different strategies people can employ. But before we dive into all that, let's talk about you. Give us a little background on just how you got into the space, what you're doing, tell us about Jungler. Give us the Yeah.
2: Yeah, so background on me is pretty short. Um I fell into the space, didn't intend up, didn't intend to end up here. Um but yeah, just started getting into the advertising and then found out weirdly enough I really like spreadsheets, which is very <laughs> helpful in my line of work. So, I just kind of dove head into that. And then here we are um, growing like crazy. And, and it's been a good ride. Um, yeah, so delving into the Amazon space, I say like it's not that I was completely unaware of the Amazon space, my husband and I actually so we co-founded the business together. Um, he is the business brains, and I'm the PPC brains, and we work well in our role. so it's been it's been really good. Um, but we, so we dabbled, of course. I think everyone gets into it through retail arbitrage, you know, just kind of all right, let's see what's going down, and then you move on to private label a little bit. Um, but as I'm sure you're well aware, there's a lot that goes into running anything, especially with private label. So life got in the way. Uh, we have quite a few kids and so like that just naturally wound down. Um, my husband worked with his father-in-law in a... Uh, my, husband, my father-in-law is a general contractor, so there's plenty to do there, especially mm-hmm. now the building is going crazy in Florida. Um, and so that naturally wound down, however, we wanted something that would allow us to kind of stick together more as a family unit. Um, and so this kind of birth just out of a real need um, that came from the, a lot of the sellers because Amazon's adding, you know, a whole bunch of options into their advertising platform, which is absolutely wonderful. But if you really wanna leverage everything, it pretty much becomes a full-time job, which is where we come in. Um, So we just stepped in and started offering that and it took off.
0: Yeah, you're you're 100% right. There is a huge need for people. I mean, especially now, now that people are, are making the move more to online, they had a brick and mortar store and now that's not the best option for them anymore after the pandemic, and they've explored. This whole advertising space is complicated. It's sometimes counterintuitive, just like the whole Amazon flywheel effect and everything that you that we'll talk about a little more is just sometimes counterintuitive to businesses, and they need this help. So, what? What? When did you start, Jungler? How long ago did you guys start this?
2: Let's see, so the business was officially founded you know, went and did the LLC corporation, all that. Um, wanna it was 2019, it's been a couple mm-hmm. of years now. So we're going on it it's been over two years, a little over that. So yeah, yeah. as so a company, a lot, we're relatively new to the space.
1: Yeah, a lot's changed. Like even over the last six mm-hmm. months, Amazon's rolling out all kinds yeah. of new features. Uh, you've got sponsored brands, sponsored brand videos, sponsored display, retargeting. targeting, DSP, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. What, when, uh, when you guys first started, what was your like first plan of action? Just focus on sponsored product ads and, and get those figured out first and then move on to the other ones?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think everyone starts with sponsored product ads. Um, the benefit of the Amazon advertising platform, even though it's like insane and people diving in, there's 6 million and 10 different strategies out there. And everyone's so worried about, okay, what, what do I run? What do I do? How do I optimize? And it seems like this black box, but you still have the ability to start small. You can still set up a small ad, uh, auto campaign, low bids, low budget, and let it run that doesn't mean it's going to blow you out of the water and get you to page one like everyone wants but you have you still have that ability um i mean technically speaking you can still do one dollar a day budget on things and that's all you want. Mm-hmm. you're not going to get anywhere with a dollar a day budget but if you're <laughs> worried about spending too much there are still ways to ease into it which is nice um, us as an agency, of course, that's not how we would recommend running, you know, starting anyone that small. Um, so yeah, we definitely ease into it. Sponsored products, I think, is where everyone should focus, even if you're a very large seller. Um, you still obviously do not discount sponsored brands, sponsored display. There's some wonderful things on the platform. You know, you want to be using everything. And we definitely leverage everything for all of our clients, but um sponsored products is still a really good focus, especially when you're trying to learn everything.
1: I want to get your opinion on something. Dustin and I have this kind of, it's it's about budget where you just mentioned there, like a dollar budget. We don't know, we can't really prove it, but in your opinion, do you think budget has something to do with the placement or who's winning the bid? Let's say you and I have the same keyword we're going after and we have very similar bids, but I have a $10 budget and you have a $100 budget. We believe that it's be in Amazon's best interest to give you the the more uh, show because you have a higher budget. Are you seeing any of that like correlation with you within your agency? Do you, does budget have anything to do with it I or is it just
2: say, thought? I would say no. um, but the caveat is is um. Like if a lot of times people with lower budgets that might see lower impressions and things. And so you think, oh, like there's a correlation there. Um, I think bids and the budget uh, being hefty enough to be able to adequately run whatever you have in that campaign with the keywords and the bids to me is more important. Um, The reason I would say no is I've seen So there's this weird nuance where you cannot set your bid above your budget. Like when you initially start a campaign, but what you can actually do and I've seen done is you can have bids initially set very high with a higher budget and then chop that budget and still retain those bids. I've still seen um, a campaign with a dollar budget with, you know, say $2 bids get placement topics of search and actually get decent sales and a cost and still mot- maintain some momentum i'm not like don't take that strategy and run with it that was like inventory is flying out the window we have to cut things and so we opted to do the dollar budget method um but i saw that effect so i mean it's hard to see but it's just like being in a bunch of accounts and you see these weird correlations my gut would say um you know you, you don't know there could there could be you never know there's weird nuances to the platform, but I've seen instances like that, which will really lead me to believe it has to do more with allowing the budget to adequately run whatever keywords um, than
0: just strictly looking at the budgets. I like what you said uh, earlier, just talking about, cause I think this is the people are always looking for some sort of Holy grail with advertising. Like if you do X, Y, Z, you're gonna get the results that you want. And it's just not true. I mean, every product's different, every niche is different. And you're talking about different strategies. All of us in this advertising space are constantly testing new things out all the time. And I, I think that's really important for people to understand is like, there, there is no, Matt, it's all about testing for your product. You need to test, test, test. But there are some concepts I feel like. And I think this would be mm-hmm. good, because this is, um, I mean, Chris and I, we talk to sellers all the time. They come on, they're doing demos about slows. They're talking about advertising and what they should they do. And depending on their situation, there's different recommendations. So let's let's see what your recommendation would be for these types of sellers. So somebody comes to you, they're new, they're launching their product, low reviews, et cetera, but everything else is fine. And they don't have a huge budget. What, what You know, you can't do everything. So what do you recommend for a seller like that?
2: Um, I would recommend picking your keyword targets wisely, understanding what your budget is, and then like kind of building out like that's your starting point. How much do you have to spend? And then let's build off of that. Because, you know, I could go in and do you know insanely good keyword research. Here's all your keywords. And the budget needed to run those is like $1,000 a day. Mm-hmm. If you run something like that, you're only gonna get saying maybe two to three clicks on a wide swath of keywords That's not going to give you enough data to do anything You don't want to shut it down because you like these are kind of working. Maybe they're working, but You can end up spiraling and then it just you kind of end up spinning your wheels and go nowhere um, So I would recommend being very strategic if you have to pick three keywords and run those three keywords run those three keywords. Um, and then I would also say, don't go after the top docs. And this also, I would say, you want to analyze what are your cost per clicks in this space. A good way to look at that is to go and it's like a dummy campaign, you don't even launch it. But you would go in, create a manual campaign, drop in your whatever product you want to advertise, drop in your keywords, and you can see them as unsuggested. If you're suggested you know, bits, take those with a grain of salt. They're not always super advocate, but it does give you a benchmark. So if you have like $2 suggested bids on something, maybe you need to pick a handful of those and run those. Whatever whatever keywords you pick, ideally you have enough budget to run those enough to get that data feedback and then you can build off of that. Um, and then I would say, if, if we're running on really tight budgets, you can be more aggressive with your optimizations because you you only have so much you can play with so for instance if i pick five keywords one of my keywords gets like 20 clicks maybe my ACOS is insane i've run it for maybe you know given enough time to really understand it sometimes and when i say time i don't necessarily go off of time frames um, I do like to say, okay, you know, the first two weeks, just let everything run. But if in the first two weeks, I get 100 clicks and no sales on one of those keywords, that is enough time for me to make a judgment call that that keyword just doesn't work for my product. Um, so it's not always a time frame. I say it's more of like, how many clicks do you get on that keyword? And then if you get enough clicks within, you know, give it at least You know if you're being conservative maybe three days, but honestly four days because due to data delay seven days if you can stomach it Um, But yeah, I would say very much pick your keyword battles See if something works if you absolutely can determine something doesn't work because your budget is so tight um, You can maybe just significantly lower the bids on that one and then okay Let's let's add in those other keywords that we found. Maybe we found ten. We're running five We chopped two. Let's add two more. Um, You can be much more like strategic
1: in that campaign, I'm assuming it's a manual exact match campaign, would that be right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do like running everything. Uh, so we're in the test all match types crowd. We don't, uh, the way we run it is we'll test all the match types. We definitely stagger our bids um, just due to, you know, phrase and broad can spend more. So we're aware of that and adjust the bids accordingly. Um, but if you're dealing with tight budgets, you could just run at an exact just to see if it works. Um, The caveat to that would be if you're only running an exact, um, you're only seeing like if that exact keyword works. Sometimes when you're running in phrase and broad, you find you you can build off of that with the advertising. You know, something gets changed a little bit, a keyword gets added in phrase. Or the one thing with broad is broad matches the only match site that will actually flip the order of words. So even in long tails, we'll run broad match because oftentimes, or I've seen before, where it's like you have the keyword string and it's like seven, you know, it's like ridiculously long keyword, and there's very little search volume for it, of course. But because we put it in a broad match, just two of those words got flipped, and you know, we got another long tail keyword you would have missed out on if you're only running an exact match. Um, so I do like to running all all the match types. However, you know, going back to very limited budgets. You kind of have to pick your battles and see where you are and what you can do.
0: I really like the way you lay that out because I feel like the one of the biggest problems is when someone's launching the campaign for their product, they have this like massive FOMO about all these words where they could be making sales, and they'll they'll do a they'll do some keyword research on Helium Ten or Jungle Scout and they'll make this campaign with five hundred oh, yeah. targets in it. and and then be, be disappointed when it's not working well um, or their money's just being spent all over the place. And so, I mean, I think what you're talking about is really, impre- I mean, it's important for people to understand that you can laser focus if you have this small budget. Um, mm-hmm. so, I- expanding on that, if, if your budget starts to increase or you're starting to get more organic sales now from this targeted approach, now you've got more money you can allocate, allocate towards ads. Where do you go from there? Where do you go from this small targeted campaign? What are you adding now?
2: Um, I'm definitely looking into the search reports. That's kind of, it's still gonna be the OG, the holy grail, the best way to get additional keywords. Reason being is you have actual data based on your products, what worked. Um, and then the one caveat to that would, or not caveat, but I would, I would tack on if you're being, um, if you want to clean everything you can from your search term reports, you definitely want to make sure that you're setting up your campaigns in a way that allows you to see what's working for what products. Um, now, in our agency, we're not afraid of grouping products um, with uh, providing they're part of the same listing. Um, I know there's different, you know, if you want to get all the nuances of the pros and cons to each one, but um, you know, providing they're they're going to the same place um or that they're but if you're if you're grouping like you throw all of your products in one campaign you're like oh they're all a cup let's just throw them all in there and you know one of them's a handle cup one's a purple well you don't know which each product is going to perform differently on each search page um so the the tighter you can keep that and the better you can understand how each product is doing on each of those searches you're going to be able to build on that with the search term report much cleaner than you could if you're just throwing everything in there um so yeah I, w- I would say start with the search term reports you know retarget those take a look at what your cost per clicks are you can take a look at what the a cost was um, and you can build out on that um, Yeah, I would say, and then of course, you know, if you're still running only in exact, well then maybe you should start building out. Maybe just take those keywords and run that we're working in exact, try them in a phrase and broad match, you know, it depends on how much extra we have and how much we need to start um, slowly.
1: Something I've noticed with talking about those variations and putting all the products together is uh, if you take each very, uh, I've seen this, where you take each product and put it in its own ad group or do you take all the products and put them in one ad group um what i've seen is when you put all the products in one ad group only one product is going to show up mm-hmm. but if you take each product and put it in its own ad group you have potential like to take over the all the page for page one for that specific keyword is there a yeah. certain strategy you like better out of those two
2: um so the caveat to that is if they're. If there are child variations, you're only ever going to get one ad spot, one organic spot per search page. You can't show up everywhere. Um, so, if it's a variation, we take that into account. Um, and if we have data, I like just putting our best foot forward. You know, if we're selling a whole bunch of metal cups, the black one works the best. Let's advertise, you know, the black one specifically. And then, um, of course, if they're looking for a red cup, you know, someone searching red cup, let's give them a red cup. The closer you can get to what the consumer is actually looking for, the better results you're going to see. But if we're talking different listings, definitely we're going to be splitting those out um, into their own campaigns, their own groupings, because they're going to have That's how you take over a search page is making sure everything can show up.
0: Very interesting. I've got. I want to go back because I've got a question I meant to ask earlier. Uh, this is. I feel like this comes up quite a bit, uh, at least in my mind. I, I have a theory about this, and I want your uh, input on it. If you're getting ready to, like you're, like we're talking about, getting ready to launch a product, and you're trying to make these targeted campaigns, and you're trying to pick five or six keywords. Let's say you're selling a dog leash. If you if you're coming up with the keywords yourself to target you know like dog leash or small dog leash or whatever is that better or is it better just to run an auto campaign for like a week or two and just see what words actually convert to sales and what amazon's showing you for and then take those and start your campaign your manual campaign with those I, well, I mean I just I think this is a question a lot of people have and mm-hmm. recommend is better
2: so I would prefer the manual approach. Um, because I'm more confident in what we do and I think we've gotten really good at our keyword research We've um, built out some systems that allows us to do it quickly and at scale without sacrificing quality um, so I would prefer going to manuals and I we definitely run autos um, however the autos are not our main focus so we would set those at lower bids so you just let them run let them do their you know do their thing um, the reason being is it also depends on the product so if you have a product that maybe you've done some search by buys or maybe you have some ranking you have you know it's kind of sitting there maybe you haven't run advertising and you're just you're you're really unsure where to go with this maybe you can start the autos um i'm not really a fan of high bid autos unless i'm very confident in the product there's certain you know strategies you can use with high bid autos but i prefer to start those moderately um the reason I don't prefer the autos is sometimes if there's just not a lot of indexing on the product if It's a brand new product out of the gate. There's Amazon. Yeah, of course they call them your listings But it kind of takes them a little bit to figure out where you work in the marketplace um then Oftentimes, just the quality of the keywords that come from the autos aren't that great. So maybe you run it for a week, and you might not even get anything out of that for a week, where if you started with your manual campaigns, you could have at least gained some traction. Now, if you, if you were wanting just to ease into it, you're just really unsure. You know, you could start with the auto approach. Um, we just find you get a lot more traction out of the gate. And then the other thing is, it could be that the quality of keywords that are gotten are just, so so and then the other thing i've seen happen a lot is that amazon will determine like what the Biggest and highest keyword is in the space, and we'll just run you out that, and your budget will get blown out day after day after day, and the A cost is insane because you just don't convert well at that placement right now, um and so you kind of end up spinning your wheels. And I've seen a lot of sellers who, like, when they see that, they see in the search term, you know, you can go into your search term, see what's getting all your clicks, and they're like, well, this is bringing me the most sales, but my A cost is like over 100%. And I don't really want to kill it because that's where all the sales are coming from. Mm -hmm. When in reality, that's just not something you should probably be throwing your money at right now. Um, Definitely you want to get there. But then maybe that's probably not today. Um, Where if you started with a more manual approach, you are really analyzing your keywords, you're taking a look at the market, you're realizing, okay, so these are my top dogs. But I don't have the cash to throw at that right now. I'm going to go after this subsection and then work my way upwards. Um, I find that's probably a better approach.
1: Yeah, we get that a lot where the sellers want, <clears throat> excuse me, sellers want to target A cost of like 15% or 20%. And it's like that's just really impossible almost on, there, on, on these keywords because the keywords are just so competitive and the cost per click is so high There's so much competition. Uh, what's your response to that? Like when a seller comes to us, they're like, hey, we want to lower our A cost from 60 to 20. Well, what that does is it's gonna kill everything. All the bids are gonna start getting lower. Um so we have that we had that tough conversation sometimes like hey you're going to have to either like accept it and go after that keyword because you're right that's where all the sales are going. what's your approach do you just go after more long tail keywords i think that's what you mentioned there or do you just maybe put those on a separate campaign what would be your strategy if i if i have a keyword that i'm going after and has a high a cost what would what would be your strategy there
2: yeah yeah i think it's just analyzing um, what you're willing to do because i think to be honest, I think there's um, a lot of sellers out there who think if you know how to run advertising, that that is just going to be a magic bullet that you're going to be able to get 20% any costs on, okay. you know, the keyword metal cup when you're new to the market and you have two, you know, two reviews and they're not even really reviews. They're just, um, what's the new thing? With ratings. The, have, right. Yeah. ratings. And so like, I'm not a magician. I wish I was, I wish I I knew the secret sauce to, you know, create these amazing campaigns. I get you like tiny, cuts. Now there's, there's things you can do. There's tactics. Like you can, you can run it at a high match exact and then play with your placement adjustments a little bit. There's, there's ways to tweak things, but um, to be honest, raking is not, I've, I've been asked that before. Like how do you set up a raking campaign? There's no secret sauce. Exact match, high bids, probably atop a top of search placement, and you're just gonna have to accept what that ACOS is. Um, and if you're fine with that, and our rankings improve, track your keywords. If you're spending on something, you should be tracking it. Um, but you know, you want to make sure that you can you know, you can stomach that. So it, it's really just, it's picking your battles, deciding what's worth it. Um, again, if you're tracking your keywords, you should be able to correlate if that's worth it. You know, if you if you are spending a lot on this exact keyword, you know, your rankings are good. You start dropping those bids a little bit because honestly that ACOS is a little too hard to stomach. Um, but then your ranking slips and your total sales on that particular use go down. Maybe you've made that correlation that, okay, you know, the EA cost is one hundred percent, but judging by what my total sales are before and after we did this, it's worth it to me. Um, so yeah, I would say, yeah, just, just pick your battles, pick which you you know track the more data you have, the better
0: it you're you're hundred percent right. It's all about where do you want to allocate that money? Do you want to, you, you can't you can't have a thirty dollars a day budget and run a ranking strategy while you're testing four hundred other targets at the same time it's mm-hmm. it's not gonna work. and um, yeah, I I like exactly what you're what you're saying there on on that. Um, so if now that the, the persons they're doing their ranking campaign, and you talked about top of search, expand expand on more of that. When do you use uh, the top of search, and what kind of percentage are you putting on there?
2: Um, it, it, I'm not a fan of preemptively putting percentages. Now there's there's times we do that, you know, for certain strategy campaigns. And to be honest, the like the special tactics are to in my mind, those are a, a layering on. That's step two or three. That's not step one. Um, I definitely want to like find what are my core keywords, find my core bids for those, what kind of works. And then if I have a campaign that's like working really well, um, these are my top keywords. I'm definitely a fan of segmenting things when at all possible. However, I'm not a fan of moving things around. Um, I prefer to keep them in their spot. If something's working, don't touch it. Um, don't You know, don't try and move it to a campaign. I know I've heard this from sellers a lot where they're like, I have, you know, six different campaigns and these keywords are mixed in here. And it's like, we want everything to be clean. And I would love to get into, you know, one of my accounts and have everything beautiful and online up and all my top keywords are here. But sometimes you have a top keyword that's in a spot and it just works and you try and move it and everything goes to crap. And no, that's normal. That happens. So if you can just leave it where it is and just work with what's there, you know I definitely prefer that. Um, but, yeah, so I would say, um, top of search, we we play with it when um, we feel like there's something that we want to give the push. We've, we've run those campaigns before, um, you know, like kind of like Zach Match, lower bids, really high top of search. To be honest, it's, it's one of those tactics where sometimes it works phenomenally and sometimes it doesn't, or sometimes it started working and all of a sudden it stops working. Um, because you're relying on Amazon to boost you with that top of search to really show you. So it's again, it's not the magic bullet to get you to top of you know top of page one when you're only spending like a twenty cent bid, but you've put that modifier on there. You're not always going to show up in that placement. Um, so I prefer you know, give your bids a better push if you really want to go for ranking.
0: Yeah, and and now I've got a, a big question to to piggyback off that. I hear this all the time, you run a ranking campaign or just whatever you're doing, advertising in general, and now your product's on page one at the top, it's you know in the organic spot. Do you stop? Do you double down? What do you do at that point when you're already ranking organically? And how do you convince somebody, if you are gonna keep running, how do you convince them to keep running ads when their product's already there in the first place?
2: as you started sending this question i'm like i know where this is going (laughs) because i get this one all the time um i think i think it depends and i think it kind of goes back to when i was talking about like there's no secret sauce for ranking you know high bids exact match um i would say track your keywords you know i wouldn't turn it off and it also depends on Uh, I would say it also depends on how competitive your category is and how many people are moving into your space daily Um, because if you just absolutely pause everything um, and then you get caught with your pants down because somebody else moved in and they're willing to pay five dollars to get top of search and willing to spend that money initially to gain that traction and you're left playing catch up. I've seen it happen where you're Everything's going okay, maybe the ACoS is a little bit high, but you're you're holding that top of search placement and then you, you know, someone freaks out about how much, you know, how the ACoS is and they just make drastic cuts. And then when they realize, oh no, my rankings are slipping and then they try and, you know, shove that to the top again, the metrics just are like, I've seen that happen so many times. You're like, I was at a 30% a cost and now we're at a 60. Like. And I'm like, it's the same bids. It's the same keyword. It's the same campaign. Something is just not working as well. So there's those weird nuances to the platform. You kind of just have to you know work with what's there. Um, I wish I could tell you exactly why dropping and then springboarding back didn't work. I just know I've seen it happen enough that I get very wary of drastically just shutting right there. Sometimes there's times we need to do that. You know, if you're if your inventory is blowing out, I don't want us to keep running aggressive advertising. That's lowering your margins. You know, there's there's a time and a place for everything, um, but I would I would say lower it slowly and track. Um, so maybe if you're running right now, you're saying, all right, for this campaign, it's a 50 percent cost. I'm not really happy with the 50%. Okay, well, let's target a 45 or let's target a 40. Um, let's see if we can get there. What are our rankings maintain when we're hitting that A cost target? Do we need to drop it down to a 30 or maybe our ranking slips so then we can push it back up a little bit instead of just springboarding it. Um, and then being, I'm not saying it's going to happen that you're gonna see that absolute drop in like conversions and you know what you're getting for impressions and things, or that you know you can't get back there with the same bid, um, but I've seen it happen the other way enough that I get a little bit weary of doing things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got Amazon Prime Day coming up. We're taking we're doing this in the middle of May. There's rumors Prime Day is going to be late June. Last couple of years it's been well, last year was a, a weird year anyway, but it's usually been in July. So. We get. We want to start figuring out for Prime Day. What, what do we do? What's a good strategy? What's some? What are some strategies that you will implement for Prime Day coming up um, for your for your clients and for these campaigns? Are you doing new campaigns? New best strategies? What What's that look like?
2: Yeah. Um. So I'm not a fan of brand new campaigns. If you have something you want to test or you want to run right now, I would say get those campaigns up now. Um. The more history you can get on those, like don't launch them right before Prime Day. Um, To be honest, you know, it could work, but it might not work and your cost per clicks could be high. But because you have absolutely no data on that, there's no way you're going to be able to to make any moves in time to be able to really run that. Um, the other thing I would say is in the past, you know, you have those, I've seen those campaign docs where it's like prime deals or you know it's every single word that they found that includes the word prime or prime day in it. Um, I haven't seen those work very well. You're welcome to run one um but I would say run it at a lower budget and a lower bid uh and don't be surprised if you get absolute impressions on it. Um, so those types of campaigns Mm, you know, maybe it's worth it to have it there. Honestly, we're at the point where we don't even bother with those anymore. Um, If a client asks for it, we'll run it. But most times I just I've seen those get like no impressions, even with decent bids. And so, you know, but if you have to push the bid so high to get any impressions and then oftentimes the numbers on those are just really not favorable and you just kind of wasted the ad spend where you could have taken that and brought it towards something that is working. Um, I would just say double down on like what what your top campaigns already are oftentimes you know because if, if you can't really go after so much like holiday and all this kind of thing um then you really just want to start allocating and dig down into like what your product is um i would look into running a lot of product targeting because you're going to have those sellers who are willing to pay that um so anyone who's relevant for you anyone who can work you know just kind of blanket those with the product targeting you can again you can set those at low bids the other thing to note is on prime day a lot of people just blow their budgets out of the water um some of them you know are okay with just increasing and then some people just don't increase so you will see a lot of sellers that their budgets just completely blow out and if you can have a couple low bid things running oftentimes you can get some really good returns on those i would say also dig into sponsor display product charting that's going to be a great one um we are playing around with the new sponsor display audiences those are kind of interesting um it remains to be seen how well those are going to work on prime day um however those will be like piggybacking you could piggybacking off of like past sales and stuff so those might be interesting to run after Prime day, and that's just me thinking about it. I don't know if that's a good strategy or not. Um, but yeah, so I, I would just say dig down into what's working and you can look at playing, um, playing with top of search placements here. So one thing we'll do is right before we will comb through everything in an account, you know, anything that has really poor conversions or is not working as well. You wanna make sure your bids are really tightened up. Um, you have your best bids on, you know, things that you do know work really well for your products. And then if you have a certain campaign that does like say really well top of search or conversion rates are much better, maybe boost it. Um, you don't necessarily have to even go hundred percent, 20%, 40% something, you know, just to give it that. Um, and then I would say, monitor your ads the day of and check for budget outages and then you're gonna have to make that call somewhat blind because you know if, if a budget runs out, you're not getting real-time data except for the spend. Um, so that's one. Again, if you have enough performance data, just take a look. So on average, this campaign runs well below my targets. Everything looks good. Um, then I would, you know, increase that. Now you can try increasing for top keywords. You know, again, going with you know what works best for your product. The other thing is, um, I like to base everything on performance as much as possible. So if we have a campaign, let's say it had low bids, say, oh, this, you know, this keyword performed like amazing conversion rates at like a 50 cent bed. Hey, let's jump it to a dollar. That might work, that might not work. Um, If I'm gonna try really increasing something like that, I much prefer to do it, you know, do that testing beforehand. I don't like testing on high volume days like prime Day.
1: Yeah, no doubt, too many many, uh, browsers during that time, people just clicking (laughs) around. Yes, don't raise
2: the day before or the week before and expect absolutely crap numbers the week before
0: yeah interesting, good stuff. now you touched on product targeting uh, in here as as part of your strategy in in general how, how, what is what is your tactics with product targeting? Are you setting those up in separate campaigns? How are you determining? are you just going after ones that you have competitive advantage over? What is your strategy around product targeting?
2: yeah and it, it definitely depends on what um whether clients a cost targeting or tolerances, and it would depend on how much budget we have and like how aggressive we're being. Um, definitely, search and reports are going to be like the best way to find those ASINs. Again, you know what worked, you know you converted, run it, um, take those in the sponsored products. You know, you we know what worked running in a sponsored display ad. So you can definitely build off of it that way. And that's gonna be like your best, your core, kind of like what you already know worked and then work off of that. Um, If we are being like super aggressive on a specific keyword, you can, you know, go into Amazon, look, you know, if I'm targeting a metal cup, I know I want to really double down this keyword. I can go to Amazon. I can scrape everyone off that page and retarget those. Um, Your returns on that maybe okay maybe not it's going to depend on you know what your price point is in relation to the market it depends on what your um, star rating is in relation to the market you know how well you can compete on those pages if you just want to show up everywhere that's a great way to do it but again you know kind of understand it, it goes in layers so search and report you're probably going to get the most return you can do that manually so um for instance if i want to make sure i'm only targeting everybody with a lower star rating than me or i have a lower price point than me definitely you know you can do that um and then as far as like segmenting things i'm definitely a fan of segmenting um so in our accounts we run a lot of campaigns you're going to just see a high number of campaigns because i see campaigns as a way to like group keywords in a way that we can understand what's contained within the keyword. Um, For instance, like ASINs you know, it's like, okay, where, where did I get these? If I dump all the ASINs that are like lower price point, lower star rating and all the ones that are located on my top keyword um, all together, you're gonna have some really poor numbers on probably some of those. And then you're gonna have some maybe amazing numbers on the other ones and you're not really gonna understand, okay, was this here, where did I get it? Um, so if I want to scrape everything, I'm gonna put those in its own campaign and say, um, you know, these are ranked on whatever keyword it definitely like so when I take a look at that campaign, I say, "Oh, it costs a bit higher than I want it to be." That's kind of expected because I, I know where those came from, and I kind of know how that's going to play out.
0: Really good, <laughs> and there. <laughs> um, so I want to touch on two more quick things, uh, really fast before we before we let you go. I know we're running up against some time here, but uh, two things when would you start bidding on the brand name? When would you sort of start doing some sort of defensive, brand defensive type campaigns? And then we'll touch on sponsor brand video because that's that's really big. But let's start with um, at what point? So I'm a new client, I come in, I've got my brand new product, brand new brand. Right out of the gate, am I advertising my brand name or am I waiting for some sort of traction before I do that?
2: Um, you can do it right out of the gate. You probably won't get any impressions. Um, Mm -hmm. the one caveat to that would be is if your brand name is something that might be related to another search that has a lot of high search volume, but you're not relevant to that particular search. Um, I would be careful with that. It would make sure, you know, you want to go more long tail or just do exact, you know, be careful with that in a broad match. Um, that would be like, you know just be aware if you see it pop off and you're like oh my goodness nobody knows my brand." Why are they searching and then you go look at the search term for you are like oh okay i just need to show up there um so just know that that can happen sometimes with certain brands so just kind of understand that um it, it can be an interesting way like if you start out of the gate it can be an interesting way to um see people discovering your brand another way you you might think about that if your budget's a little bit tight is you could wait until those searches show up in your search term report. Um, because eventually you'll see that and then you know exactly what they're searching. So that could maybe be an interesting signal that you are getting some searches um, and then, you know, because the autos will show you up there and things like that, because it, it gets the correlation. Um, so you can wait until they show up. The other thing would be if you have a larger catalog and you have some uh, cross promotion capabilities, that's another one that people say is kind of branded, but it's it's not particularly branded. Um, So I would definitely dig into cross promotion using sponsor product ads and you can also do that with the sponsor display ads Um, So and the sponsor display is kind of interesting because if you take the time to build them out you can build like taglines So if you're if you're running like really tight campaigns again, it's like more manual You got to like figure out the funnel in your head but you could like run underneath say more from XYZ brand or discover more from our you know you can you can kind of test those kind of things which is an interesting way
0: to go about it and then lastly sponsor brand video when when are you incorporating those how effective are those and what what sort of strategies are you using around sponsor brand video
2: yeah um so sponsor brand video we run them as soon as we have the creative so we don't develop the creatives in-house but if you have the creative and you can run it that's the hardest part is getting the creative um so if you have if you have the option run it definitely go run it um i have to go check i didn't get a check before this call so i don't know if it's on there i saw a screenshot in a facebook group um, my other account manager sent to me someone said that they're you're able to target acens in sponsor brands video now i don't know i'll have mm. to go check that but check I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised what? if that that happens um, but yeah so if you have the creatives definitely run it um, we're definitely looking at running them on our top keywords if you're running brand defense you know definitely make sure you're getting that ad spot because your competitor will show up there and you know with you know the really good enticing um videos creatives we're seeing a lot higher cost per clicks a lot higher conversions on these ad types so you know if someone else is going to snag your branded traffic with their video they're probably going to have a lot better results than if they just went after with the sponsored product so i would definitely be guarding those spots for sure um looking at top keywords one thing we've oh the other caveat to this is um i wouldn't mess with broad match in a sponsored brand um mm-hmm. the way broad match works in sponsored brand is completely different than sponsored product ads in a sponsored product ad if you want a broad match Every single one of those individual words has to show up within the search term. Um, sponsored brand, it does it. It in some ways functions like an auto, um, which is super annoying. You can be end up playing whack-a-mole with all the really irrelevant search terms. Mm. So I would, you know, if you see poor metrics on broad match in a sponsored brand video and headline, um, most likely that's what it is. You'd probably go check your search term reports and find a whole bunch of junk. Um, so I think the other thing that's kind of interesting um, that I heard from another account manager, and I thought it was really smart, is if you have uh, so for sponsored products, if you have a certain search that oftentimes people, when they build out their brands, they have like uh, different variations of a specific product, and they might share a lot of the keywords. Um, in a sponsored product, you can basically dominate the page with you know making sure you're running all of it. However, with the sponsored um video ad you only get one ad spot so if you're running a headline of course you can showcase all of that together and that's a wonderful way to do it Um, but one thing that is probably good to think about when you're just thinking about funnels and how you're going to build these out is if you have two separate listings that can share it make sure you're putting like your best foot forward so oftentimes you'll have like a breakout variation or listing one that works better Um, make sure that's the one that's showing up and then the other thing is you can currently Um, you can only advertise one of the variations. You can't. um, So make sure whatever variation is showing up is the one that works, you know, is proven to have the best conversion rate. Again, caveat, you know, if you have a red cup, make sure you're serving up the red variation if you can dig into that.
0: That's great stuff. Um, And and we could talk about this for hours and hours. We've (laughs) barely even scratched the surface of, all the different things with um, advertising, uh, but it's great to have these conversations and see what you're what you're doing. Because, um, like you said, there is no uh, it's not one size fits all with advertising. Yes, you have willing to test. That's why bringing on experts like yourself to help your business is critical. If this is not something you want to dive into and spend all day testing your ads, you definitely need need help in this area. And we have to have you back on periodically it's fine because there we could just go on and on and on and talk about so much so much uh with this and the ever-changing landscape as well but um before we go tell everybody how they can get in contact with you how they can get connected with jungler you got you got yeah the-
2: awesome so the best place to find us would be our website probably um jungler rcom um there is an intake form at the bottom of that i'm still like personally going over those so you should be getting contact with me um the one thing i will say caveat is so we do have available space to take brands we're being a little bit more selective because we realize that we want to grow quickly but we also want to make sure we're servicing our clients well um so if you are um, maybe a larger brand, you're interested in leveraging us, but probably the ROI to hire us. If you're a much smaller brand, you know it's not there for that. You know I'm happy to offer advice whenever possible. Um, we do have a YouTube channel where I delve into more technical stuff. So there's something that we didn't even touch on called bulk files. Um, which we use a lot in our agency. And I think they are a wonderful tool to manage things at scale, even for very large accounts, um, but they are very technical. So if you ever wanna learn about that, I've dug into that more and addressed a lot of, we have a lot of videos on the YouTube channel about that.
0: Excellent. Well, I encourage everyone to check you out, get in contact with you. We'll definitely have you back on. Uh, for yeah, everyone, that would be fun. Absolutely. And for everyone out there listening, uh, if you like content like this, if you like to hear people in the Amazon ad space talking strategies and everything else inside the Amazon space that we talk about daily on this podcast, make sure that you're following us. Uh, we go live on Facebook. So go to the Solozo Facebook page, sub- subscribe to it, like it, turn on notifications. Same thing with the Solozo channel on YouTube. Uh, we go live there as well. And of course our podcasts come out every day on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts. So subscribe to those, give us a little review, let us know how we're doing, comment anytime we go live. Uh, we always have great people like Elizabeth. And if you uh, do have your strategy designed for your advertising and you'd like just to automate it, reach out to solozo go to solozo.com You can book a demo with Chris or myself and we can talk about how we can auto- automate the strategy you're running. Um, and again, Elizabeth, thanks so much for being on here with us. It's been a blast, and we will be back at this, everybody, tomorrow. Have a great day. See ya.